I truly do not think you can make it at a, at, at, as a business going forward without utilizing technology to a high degree. I think. Hello and welcome to the Faster Freedom Show. My name is Sam. And I'm Lucas. And Lucas, where are we right now? We're at your crib, bro. We're sitting in my kitchen. We sat on your patio last week. Um, I guess we're not in the kitchen. We're in the living room. The kitchen's behind us. But today we are in my house. Long drive for me. It, it is. It was what, about 10 minutes? Yeah, 10 minutes. For Jaden, it was a little longer. For Jaden, it was probably about an hour and a half. <laughs> so he'd be all right, though. So we got the mobile podcast set up. We are doing a mobile podcast. We did a tiny house, Lucas's backyard, my living room. Who knows where we'll be next week, but we're doing that while our podcast studio is getting redone. And we got a bid to do it, Lucas, to redo our podcast studio where we're not going to do it. But what was the bid? Was it around $345,000? It was. Some guy gave us a bid to redo like half of a 15 by 18 foot room. <laughs> For three hundred and forty-five grand, we could. You pull up in your Corvette today. We're like, we could buy like four of your Corvettes for that. Yeah, or not crazy. maybe anymore, but yeah. three of your Corvettes for that. Insane. Yeah, that's. Don't like, go with him. It's like fifteen hundred dollars a square foot. Let's go. Let's just put this in there and call it good. Yeah, I think we're going to. <laughs> so we will get into the new podcast soon. I'm super excited about the real studio, but we'll get that figured out. Today's episode, we're going to talk about how to make your company profitable because a lot of small businesses i don't know the exact stat um maybe we can look it up or but i, I think like at least half of them fail after two years i, I think it's like, like 80 i think it's like 90 percent after five years yeah or something crazy like that yeah so that's why I, it was really cool my old company uh fabic they were on 100 years fifth generation yeah. they're like less than a percent make it that once far. you get to that point yeah you know you're probably pretty good for you're cruising you got cat <laughs> at your back too but um so we're going to talk about how to make a company profitable and it's pretty cool we're actually going to break it down through the bezos letters which i've never heard of it sounds like the federalist papers or something like that that was written back in the day hamilton reference tyler the federalist papers hamilton wrote 53 of them t york on the beat what T York on the beat. T York. We got, um, but we're going to run the Bezos letters, I guess. I didn't know this until we were doing research on the book um, or for on uh, for the podcast, but he wrote a book or a book was written about his 14 principles to growing your business. And they took them through his shareholder letters over the past 30 years-ish that he's written, 25 years. So that's going to be cool. And then Walls, we are going to get into Team Member Spotlight. Marty Dubs is going to be coming up. He's going to be talking about how we made our Faster Freedom brand profitable because it was not for a cut for a couple of years we were losing money so he's the coo of that company so he's our team member spotlight then we're going to talk about the war in ukraine just getting mm. a little bit of political quick and then pivot. and then was the moon landing real or not yeah another quick pivot mm-hmm very diverse range of topics today i feel like you got to be in like the three-point stance um you know to pivot and rotate and pass and shoot you got to be ready to do the triple threat position triple threat i was like three-point stance I that's, think that's like football. alignment yes that is so the th uh triple threat position yes now, now pass you, now you speak in my language shoot dribble all right i was really good at dribbling and passing i was okay at <laughs> passing why was i so bad at dribbling though you never practiced, probably. I you guess, but I was like coordinated enough what, to be two or three times. Do your little under the hoop thing, and but I was like, 
recorded enough to be okay at dribbling, but I was horrible. I was like the worst on the team. Yeah. I'm like 6'3". I'm not like I'm 6'9 and can't dribble. Yeah, in the post. <laughs> I'm posting them up. All right. So um, making a company profitable is challenging because there are so many different things and there's so much competition and you got to do so many things right. So let's talk about specifically, I think we can talk about all of our companies, but Matt's coming on to talk about education. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of feel like I'm going to look at it through that lens, but in general, maybe you can have a little bit of broader yeah. of a lens, but um, why don't you bring us into kind of uh, some challenges and some just initial things that making companies profitable, because unless it's a non-for-profit, you want to make a profit. Yeah, which we got one of those. We do, yes. And we st and you still got to run that in a like way a where you don't go out of money either. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's no like profit that you take. But any anyway, yeah, some initial challenges. So honestly, in the in the very very beginning, it was probably a little easier because we didn't have a team. Mm -hmm. So it's a little easier to be profitable when we are doing everything. <laughs> but uh, I think we quickly decided that we are not great at some things and we don't want to do everything and work ourselves into the ground 70, 80 hours a week. So uh, I think it was pretty clear to us from the get-go that we wanted to build out a team so we could scale and um, you know enjoy our work a little more. Um, and I feel like that's when some of the profitability struggles happen with businesses when uh, uh, you have your, your overhead starts to go up and a big part of your overhead is, is paying your team. Yeah, for sure. So before we hop into the 14 principles to grow your business like Amazon based on the Bezos letters, um, I think there are kind of three phases that we have seen so far. And a lot of businesses have three phases. There's that first phase where you're a solopreneur or me, or you're like a partnership. You're doing everything yourself. You're not really making a profit because you're putting so much time and energy and effort into it. You're doing everything yourselves and you are making a profit, but it's, you know, a ton of sweat equity and it's like a job. Yeah. It's like a job. Right. Yeah. And then there's that time where you start to hire things out and you hire people and bring people in, figure out the right people, the right fit. And you're not very profitable at that stage. Right. So I feel like you go from, being kind of profitable yep. to not profitable while you're figuring things out. And then once you get the right team in place, that's where there's like rocket fuel. That's where you can create incredible profit. But those three steps and those three kind of phases of initial businesses, those can take two years, five years. I mean, they can take a long time. And the fact that it does take a long time, I feel like most people give up at one of those phases. That's kind of why the success rate isn't super high. They do. Just Let's don't quit. You got your friend Bonnie by you? Oh, yeah. We she, didn't even introduce it. It's her, it's her ass. Yes. Her yeah, ass is on camera. She's sleeping, today. and you don't even like her, but I, she's sleeping. I mean, I don't. We just don't have the relationship that your previous dog and I had. You guys need to spend more time together. Why don't yeah. you take her to the office with you today? No, I'll take your daughter for the night, but I'm not taking Bonnie. Yes. Maisie had a first sleepover at your house, You, <laughs> her and Drake. You slept on the couch with them. I did. How was that? Well, they started off in the room. And then uh, they tried to go to sleep, didn't happen. So brought them down to the couch, tried to go to sleep by themselves, didn't happen. So they come in the room and they're like, he goes, we can't sleep, we're scared. And then what I was time was like, this? Uh, it was probably between like 10 and midnight, all this Goodness happened. gracious, yeah. Lucas, her bedtime's like 8 o'clock. Well, I thought they were sleeping. Okay, I heard there was an ice maker that made a loud noise that scared them. And Oh boy, yeah, there is. That's what happens when you sleep in the living room kitchen. Yep. Okay, great. On to the 14 letters. So the very first, um, these are four like key growth principles that Jeff Bezos, I think he's done well for himself. He's done all right. Have you heard himself. of him? Yeah, have you heard of him? Um, so his very first thing is, and I agree with all of these that I glanced through that through them, is to test. So you got to experiment and make mistakes. And this is huge for me. So I'll kind of um, lay it up to you after this, but testing and making mistakes and failing. I feel like so many people avoid 
failure. And I've kind of been uh, fond of the saying recently that if you avoid failure, you avoid success. You literally have to fail to be successful. So the first phase in pretty much any business is just going to be testing, throwing a lot of shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. Yes. Um, I'm going to back up just for a second here. Um, first of all, I love these these shareholder letters. It's super cool. You and I have started them with our, our shareholders. Mm -hmm. We've done them, I think, two years in a row now. So Just once a year? Yep, mm -hmm. just once a year. I, I started off quarterly, but it was just it was just too much. It's a little aggressive. Um, so maybe one of these days, someone will look back on our, our shareholder letters and Probably not do a podcast as... on them. You not, never know. Like, I, I could see that happen. I mean, not Bezos level, but. You You're going to be the, the richest person in the world, Lucas? Am I sitting next to the future I'm wealthiest just, person in the world? I'm just saying anything could happen, bro. I mean, anything could happen. That's yeah. true. But um, anyway, so yeah, uh, testing. And this this is probably, oh man, um, there, there's certain times, Sam talked about those three phases of initial startup business. There's certain times of your business that you probably want to test more than others. Um, probably at the very beginning or either the first phase or the third phase that Sam talked about, right? And it, uh, Jeff Bezos talks about a culture of innovation. And I freaking love that. And uh, that's one of our core values of uh, continuous improvement. And that, mm -hmm. that kind of reminds me I of that. I kind of like that better. What? The, I kind of like the culture of innovation better. We're redoing our core values this fall. So yep. I love that too. And then, um, you know, we talk with Mandy Dubs and all, all these Marty, Marty Dubs, and all these uh, C great COOs that we have about integrating new ways to to make profit and to make revenue, but not be your entire revenue stream for that year, right? I so, got your uh, ass. A, a, a number that we like to go off of is new revenue. It should be generated uh, new revenue. Twenty five percent of your revenue should be new revenue. Each Projected year. is the goal. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like a good metric, so you're not like selling the farm and uh, giving up in your main core business, but you can still have that ability to test. And if it doesn't work, which is fine, just pivot and it doesn't kill your whole whole year. Which we did that with Faster Freedom. Maybe we'll talk a little about that yeah. today, um, we, what we did in our P&L for the year projecting. But um, that's kind of like a 3M theory a little bit almost, right? I mean, that's some of the books we've read. They seem Double to be one tape. of what double-sided tape double-sided tape but just in general they're one of the more innovative companies um that we've done studies on so we're, we're going to kind of go through these uh decently quick um so the second one is i didn't even realize didn't read ahead i should have but encourage successful failure so most businesses view failure um as a risk to be avoided and bezos encourages failure yeah. and I mean, he probably stole it from me because I made up the, the saying, if you avoid failure, you avoid success. Yeah, I think this is, is this a good gonna... life lesson, not only business lesson. I feel like it's a lesson that I'm constantly trying to preach and teach to my seven-year-old. Like, uh, they don't like to to lose or to fail, right? But really, it's, it's building confidence and uh, resilience. And the same thing within a business as well. Um, I remember when we first started, we, we tried to be so perfect a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And when we made mistakes, it, it like crushed us. Uh, and we just kind of started to roll with it and realize they're going to happen. Unless, and they're actually making us better in the long term. Yeah. And that was kind of my thing, hope, keeping you from going down too much of a rabbit hole and getting too negative. So, yeah. um, and then the third one, I like this one. This one's a bet on big ideas. So I don't think you can, you know, make huge bets every single day on things. But if there's a big idea, uh, Bezos is saying, uh, you know, take a big swing on it and, and bet on it. And I like that. I think that's good. You're not going to see substantial growth unless you have, you know, a big idea, I think. So, yeah. You like that one? All right. Number the 
fourth one is practice dynamic invention and innovation. So a lot about innovation here, but I like that. So um, Amazon, I know they're constantly innovating and evolving. I don't know the exact stats, but like um, AWS, Amazon Web Services, I believe they kind of had developed their own and then they is that right? They kind of developed their own for themselves and they're like, holy crap, this is really good. And so then they rolled that out to a lot yeah. of different people. And the first time I saw it was at a, at a hooky game, um, like on the ice, AWS, Amazon web service was an advertisement. I think that's a huge revenue generator for them. Yeah. So, and that was, they, they weren't planning to do that. They're a uh, online retailer and they turned into, you know, AWS. Yes. I'm getting old nods from T York. So I'm right. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> But here, I'm going to read this first. And Amazon, Amazon is constantly innovating and looking for new ways to improve its products and services. I think that's super cool. And I can see that in all of our companies. Uh, specifically, um, Sieb is always trying to make our mentorship course better and mm -hmm. better and more valuable and more value, adding adding um, modules, adding uh, the AI coaching bot. calls. So six yeah. months to add the yeah. AI bot. Yeah, so I, I think that's super cool. We see that in that business. You know, we're always trying to make for our, for our flipping business, always trying to make that seller experience better and better and new solutions and not just a cash offer, help them list it, help them take it to market. A lot of different things there. Um, and then, yeah, those are the two main things that come to my mind. Everybody's wondering who the heck is this guest spotlight? He's been Ooh. Marty Dow, Marty Dub, Caesar, Steve, a lot of different names he's got. So we're building him up chubby reynolds as well we'll get into that here in a minute um the next one is build i like this one so it's you know you're building for the long term and this is what yeah. uh bezos says in his letters and um not short-term profits long-term profits is the goal and i feel like the biggest one for us is is our rental business as far as this one goes where you know it's not super profitable if you're buying 45 million dollars worth of rental properties in eight years um you're just growing and scaling so quickly the short-term profits while they're there, they're not like the goal. The goal is the long-term in that. So that's kind of how I look at that one. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we, we talk about both, like sustaining profitability for today with the focus on the future. And uh, every decision we make is, um, is this going to take us in the right direction two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? And I love that's the way we look at every decision that we're making. I like it. The next one, this is one, two, three, four, five, six, um, obsess over customers. Mm -hmm. I think this is huge. I think I've heard, I've heard him talk about this in some interviews back in the day. I, I'm, I think it was Dateline or something where they interviewed him. He was at like a plywood desk or something. and was driving a Honda or something, even mm -hmm. though he's a billionaire, like an old Civic or something. But And I remember him just passionately talking about just do whatever's right for the customer and everything else will figure it out. So yeah. I think that's a very, very important way to look at it. I don't know that it's necessarily that customer's always right attitude. It's just more do everything to make the customer's experience better. I mean, yeah. we went from getting Amazon in a week to two days to literally sometimes I order something and it's there within an hour or two. Yeah. It is insane. I think it's going to continue. I think we're going to get to the point where we can pretty much anything we want on Amazon, you'll be able to get within an hour, which is insane. That is insane. Yep. That's awesome. Cool. What about the next one walls? Apply long-term thinking. Uh, don't be afraid to make investments that will pay off in the long run. Amazon has made some long-term investments that have helped it become the company it is today. Yeah, so that one's kind of piggybacking a little bit off of yeah. build. Um, so I don't want to go down too much, but you know, you got to build up and then also have long-term thinking involved. And then I like the next one. Me the too. next one, I believe this is the eighth one. We've Understand in, your flywheel. Sorry about that, but we've heard this in um, some of the business books Good that we to read as well too. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the flywheel. flywheel. What is a flywheel uh, engineer? 
Yeah, so it's a um, it's a wheel. Be, could be a lot of different things, but um, what I picture with the flywheel is is a something about head high. If you stand up, a big giant circle. It's in the engines, right? There's it, flywheels it could be. and There's engines. There's lots of flywheels and engines. Are definitely. I don't know if that's right. There is a. Flywheel. I, you're an engineer. How do you not know this? I don't. I'm not a mechanical engineer. But listen, picture this big circle standing up about head high and it's got a lever on it right and the lever stays in one spot and this thing is so freaking heavy imagine that and it you have to push 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 just to get it a quarter of a turn and then a full turn this is and aggressive keep pushing, and then 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 that next one's a little easier and that next one's a it's little a easier i'm going is what the next you're one's a little easier inertia a little easier and then all and by the time the flywheel is really spinning either don't have to touch it or just can do it with a finger. So, um, which think, finger, eh, whatever one you want. Okay. Whatever one is the right fit. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, as the, all right, we're moving on. Um, yes, I, I agree with you. So good. Flywheel is the, can you picture it? <laughs> yeah. I got my mind with somewhere else, but yes. So like kind of that, just, it takes a little bit to get that momentum going, but then after that kind of is the self-sustaining at cer- uh, to a certain degree. And then I love the kind of three principles underneath this before we move on is, yeah. um, customer obsession, which we talked about relentless innovation, which we talked about, and then yeah. operational excellence. Those are three really, if that's, if those are your like three bar stools, to uh, yeah. you know the legs of your bar stool to run your company you're going to be successful yeah it's kind of like that customer obsession is that customer service maybe a little bit of marketing there too innovation obviously is is what it is and then operations got to be dialed in with your systems and everything and when all those combined um you'll be it's crazy like when you're when you're in the flywheel some parts of the businesses some time of the business feels so freaking hard and you can do anything you want you can work 80 hours a week and it's it's hard and you're not making that much money but then when things start clicking it's like you're in that flywheel and you don't necessarily even know why it's happening it, it just keeps just, going it's just it's crazy yeah i like it all right the next one is accelerate which we kind of alluded to so use um you know technology and make quick decisions and um you know kind of promote everything from within i feel like we have done this a little bit with um a bit uh wink dog being able to use, um, have bring somebody in and they break down the business and create charts so we can make uh, game time decisions based on real data. I just realized like all the funny names we have for our, our team members. Yeah, nobody, nobody's called by the real yeah, they're name. Like, Wink Dog, is that a new software out there? His I name heard? is Ryan Winking and we call him <laughs> Wink Dog. Yeah. Um, so that is that is a good one. Accelerate. We'll kind of roll through these last four. Um, generate high velocity decisions. So this one kind of is alluded to the uh, our business analyst Wink Dog, but make decisions um, quickly and decisively. I feel like sometimes just making a decision is the right decision. Yeah. When you hem haul around it or don't make a decision or um, you know kind of you know just go back and forth and you know stall that a lot of things can happen while you're sitting waiting waiting to make a decision. Like we'll figure it out if it's the wrong decision if we fuck up, but we'll make decision allows us to at least move forward yeah my personality assessment says i make decisions on emotion like uh it's not good very high no i i I love it about myself I, i i go off my gut and I make decisions quickly, and but that's why we have our analytic team there too. Mm-hmm. Like you can't make every decision off of, of emotion and gut. Um, so we have our analytic system there to back it up, and then it helps us make good gut and data-driven decisions on a quicker basis. And uh, like you said, we can we can fix it if we make the wrong decision. Like it's just it's just business, bro. Like we'll figure it out. It's we'll another figure challenge. it out. I like it. 
Um, make complexity simple is the, uh, what is that? That's the 12th. Make, yeah, make complexity simple. One. So um, just make everything as simple as possible. You know, you get in the weeds and get things too complex. It makes hard. It makes it hard to make decisions. There you go, Bond. Get your booty over here. All right, you go to the next one. I got, I got to get Bonnie on my lap. Well, I Come like here. that uh, sim- simplification, right? Um, the, the simple analogy is that kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid, or keep it stupid, simple, one of the two, right? But either way. What? Um, it's keep it simple, stupid, right? Is it? Is it can it even be said the other way? Keep it stupid, simple? Oh, keep it like so stupid, so simple. simple. Oh. Like, I don't know. Okay. Either way, you get what I'm talking about there. I do now. I truly believe in simplification and how it's going to help you grow if you have a simple company, a simple product, a simple customer experience. It's going to help you scale without pulling your hair out like me. I like it. Yes, your hair got pulled out. That's what that's what happens when you partner with me for 10 years. Your hair goes away. Um, so accelerate time with technology. Obviously, Amazon is us- utilizing technology at a high level. We are trying to do that in all our businesses. And I I truly do not think you can make it at a, at, at, as a business going forward without utilizing technology to a high degree. I think for a while you could. You could be that old school business, that mom and pop thing. And I think as technology grows and just the advantages of having it, I don't think you can be successful business without having technology be a huge part of your business, whether you're a, I don't know why I'm going there, but like a bait and tackle shop or like wherever you are, I think you have to use utilize technology. Why are you smiling? <laughs> Yeah, you might have named like the only business that might be able to, <laughs> well, but it would just it would just be one shop in in one town. Yeah, but if you like, yeah, if you want to be successful, yeah. but also having a bait and tackle shop that's um yeah utilizes technology whatever way it would is going to help it be more successful. What would be the first thing you buy in a bait and tackle shop? I don't I don't I don't like fishing. I don't like the hooks. I don't like sticking my hand. I, I can't ever tie the um the line on it right. You walk it into comes a bait out. and tackle shop. You got I walk right bucks, back out because I walked it. it. I I walked in the wrong door. I leave 20 on the counter and I leave. Say, have a great day. That's a good tip. Yeah. That's nice of you. Yes. Um, And then um, last, promote ownership, which we definitely do this a little bit to a certain degree. So this is like having your employees have ownership in the company or or the the growth of the company. So um, a lot of our employees' uh, pay is based on net income. We do profit sharing based on each specific company that the employee or team member works for, plus an overall profit share for all the companies. So we do our best to tie um, employees' either pay or bonuses to, um, you know, uh, you know, income. Yeah. So it's not only us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this this sentence is pretty cool. Amazon employees are encouraged to take risks and be innovative. I love that. We gonna say something there? I was gonna say there's one more that 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 was number thirteen. I said it was fourteen, but I turned the I turned the page and there's one more. Surprise! Scale. Do it right and do it consistently. Amazon's been able to scale. I think pretty much like no business in history or damn near close how quickly they've been able to scale. They're not that old of a company. They're one of the most uh, highest valuation companies and they haven't been around that long. Like, yeah, um, what, 30 years or something? Yeah, maybe? Apple's been around longer. I feel like, yeah, Apple's been around longer. longer. Um, you know, a lot of those big companies have been around much longer than them. Yeah. So, cool. Scale. All right. It is time for Chubby Reynolds. chubby Reynolds. so quick story while he's getting the mic so um this is his actual name is matt sieb we've called him a bunch of different names he's the coo of the education company and we were doing a webinar and he looks kind of like ryan reynolds so if you're watching this check him out if you're um if you are listening go check out the podcast um on youtube the faster freedom show and check out um mr matthew c but we're doing a webinar 
and there was some technical issues and i was like matt can you come on camera and fix whatever and he came on and i was like everybody what do you think you think he looks like ryan reynolds and some people like yeah yeah and some guy was like more like chubby reynolds (laughs) cold that was me (laughs) yeah that was me it's not true so matthew welcome my boy just burned 500 calories on the peloton yesterday Dude, it looks good, man. Yeah. Get Looking fit. Good. Get fit. So, so um, hi, Matthew. So, why don't you talk about a? You can you can read from your phone. He's a prepared gentleman. He he has the answers on his phone. Um, so what do you what do you do at Prosper Companies for this knucklehead and I? Yeah, so Prosper Companies, uh, obviously a culmination of all the businesses. But um, Matt Sieb, COO of Faster Freedom, um, kind of like to. Think about my role as uh, keeping the train on the tracks. Uh, Sam and the team are always shoveling coal uh, into this engine for kind of our mission. We, we want to be a, a top five real estate brand in the country. We want to help and serve as many people reach their financial freedom goals. And um, there's a lot of awesome ideas that get thrown out, but uh, kind of just taking all those ideas and, and putting some order and uh, balance to them and, and, and making sure we're executing correctly. So um, keeping the train on the tracks, uh, Sam's a wild man and uh, it's been a lot of fun, but um, yeah, it's it's just amazing what a team can do and having the right people on a team. So um, just uh, a lot of fun daily and, and, and managing uh, expectations so we can uh, keep the, the train moving forward. I like it. I like it. So um just to kind of take a step back. So he, uh, he runs the education company, Faster Freedom, and that is a company that has been around since 2019, 2020. We started with a local mastermind, you know, and then we decided to kind of try to make it bigger. And there for about a year and a half, we were not very profitable. I think we made less than $40,000 total as a company in 2020. Net income. What net, net income? income. Yeah, yes, yeah. net income. Yeah, um, and then uh, we decided to like kind of make a national uh, brand a little bit and do like a, a live rental academy, like a ten week program, and did okay. I think in in twenty twenty one up until the end of the year, we had made around that like thirty or forty grand through the first ten months of twenty twenty one. So you came in in spring of twenty twenty one and kind of dove into like figuring out what we were doing, how we were doing it. Um, and so I kind of talked through what you thought when you first uh, first started. Yeah, uh, May 2021 was uh, when I jumped ship. I, I came from a, a pretty stable company. I won't mention the name, but uh, we'll, call it, we'll call it Big Green <laughs> in the automotive space and a super stable company. Um, just kind of just was a cog in the wheel at that uh, company. I felt fulfilled to a degree, but kind of just wanted more. So, um, met Sam through, a a friendship that I have and, uh, opportunity became available. And it's funny, I was actually, um, brought on as a, a director of marketing for faster house. And like the week before I was supposed to start, Sam gave me a call and was like, Hey, your, your disc assessment, which is something so cool that, uh, prosper and, and the, the family of companies does is they, they just evaluate people based on, uh, abilities and 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 um, kind of just their their genius zone. So super important. We'll kind of touch on that in a little bit. But um, yeah, d- got an offer to be the director of operations of Faster Freedom. Had no idea what Faster Freedom did. Um, got a little bit of insight. Education company. Huge presence on social media. So got in there and I was uh, just kind of finding my way. And uh, it was. Uh, interesting to say the least i was like um what are we exactly doing here but um 
um, yeah, there was a, a couple months right off the bat where uh, got the PL back and, uh, it's, you know, either a, a very small gain net profit wise or a loss. I'm like, well, this could be short lived. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, just started analyzing what we were doing, um, started working really closely with Sam and really realized there's some strategies that we were doing. We, we just had, um, we're kind of in infancy, infancy stage, uh, in my opinion. So, trying to figure out what personnel is doing what. And we had people doing coaching and sales and marketing and mm. just a, a culmination of things internally. And it just never really made sense of why that was happening. It felt like we were doing stuff um, kind of half-assed, if I can say that. You can't say ass. You I can't. can say it today. Um, so uh, there was just a, it seemed like there was a lot of opportunities. And, and kind of one thing that I did immediately off the bat was like, hey, what are we really good at? And what do we struggle at and things that came to mind we're really good at educating people we're really good at social media um we're really good at building courses um things that we're not good at is uh paid advertising getting stuff on facebook and and, and paying for um exposure that way to to build the brand sales we had hundreds and hundreds of leads come through and you know it'd be pretty sparse as far as sales goes. And mm -hmm. unfortunately sales is what drives a company. So if you have money coming in, um, the ability to reinvest that into the company and, and, and kind of continue building that, that program and, and, and brand, um, super important. So if you don't have money coming in, that's a huge problem. So sales was another thing. So kind of just, um, went through the motions for a couple months, just was evaluating things. And what I realized is what, why do we need to be, doing all this internally. So um, I had a couple connections that came through and um, realized that there's just so many outsourced opportunities to rely on subject matter experts in the space of marketing and sales and kind of just started with marketing and um, started with a, a company and um, that led to a connection in sales. And um, like Sam said, uh, end of 2021, those connections actually led us to new strategies, which one of those was a, a free webinar. So providing just an opportunity for people to learn from Sam, uh, learn about the brands, get educated. Um, they have the opportunity to join a, a paid mentorship program. Um, but, you know, we're not holding anybody's feet to the fire. So really just different strategies and different perspectives, I think is super important. So um, leaning on outsourced people um, was kind of like the big um, oh, epiphany <laughs> or, or moment for us. Game changer. Yeah. So um, I think it, it's it's crazy because it, having those outsourced people focus on the things that you struggle with allows you to focus on creating better courses. So like what we've done with our time and that, and you know, once that happened was we dove into the course we made it better we yeah. broke it down from these hour-long segments to these bite-sized videos so people can take it on the go with them we invested in coaching um so it just provided a bunch of extra opportunity for us to really hone in at what we're good with and then outsource those things to others and i think outsourcing is fine i don't think anybody necessarily needs to be in your office um but one thing they do need to have is the same core values. So um, I think making that abundantly clear on the front end is like, hey, you're going to be a representative of 
faster freedom or whatever company you're, you know, doing this for, like, we want to hold you to the same values that we hold our in-house employees. Like you are a part of this team. So um, we've had to make some tough decisions kind of under those pretenses. And one of those was getting rid of a marketing company in the past because they just didn't live up to the values. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't shy away from it, but I would just keep it top of mind when you're running a business yeah. and, and deciding to outsource something like that, that maybe it's not your wheelhouse and that's perfectly fine. Understanding the flywheel. That's where that one hits in. Um, understanding the flywheel from the Bezos letters is identify key drivers and focus um, on them. So that's what we yeah, did. Yeah, it's crazy to me how, you know, when, when Matt started or uh, maybe, maybe even six months after, like we had the customers, we had the product and we're not making any money. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So Correct. just it, we had everything we needed. It's just tying it all together and making sure everything's seamless and finding a few key relationships. Yeah. Just wild to think that. So great job tying it all together. And how <laughs> important that synergy is and operations is to and a business. It takes time as well because the company was about almost two years old at the time when we still quite weren't quite profitable. But we had about a six-month run of the right product was being developed we had the following we had we were starting to get customers in the door we just weren't becoming profitable kind of until it all kind of tied together so yeah. that's been it was quite the journey a little bit of a like humility in that process oh, yeah. like i think as an owner and an operator and, and whoever is within the business i think it's sometimes hard to be like all right like let's raise our hand and say like we need help in this department mm-hmm. and whether that help is going out and hiring somebody else to come in-house or going that outsourced route. I think just realizing that there comes a time where you just need to have the the courage to say, I need help and it's time to, you know, start the search, whether that's in-house or, or external. So yeah. cool. I like it. So let's get into a couple of the setbacks and then you can, you can be off the hot seat. Perfect spotlight hot seat we're called a hot seat it's hot um so what was kind of some of the setbacks we had as once let's say you know we started to become decently profitable what were kind of the, some of the setbacks that came along with that yeah hey, there's been a, a bunch of like little setbacks i mean there's stuff that's kind of outside of our control interest rates obviously uh confidence in like real estate investing and getting educated in that space that's that's a tough one um social media that's a primary source we're running through algorithm issues and being pushed and exposed to the, the right people. But the one that kind of comes to mind to me um, is a, a core focus. And it's funny because core focus is something we teach to our students. Um, having that core focus, that buy box of, hey, I'm interested in, you know, three twos and this, you know, these handful of zip codes and, and kind of this is what I'm looking for, single family homes. But um in terms of core focus for us, it's like, well, what are we good at educating on? And that's um, building rental portfolios and, and that long-term uh, buy and hold game. Um, major setback for us was maintaining that core focus. So we got a, a taste of success. We got a new sales company. We got a new marketing company. Things are rocking and rolling on the operations side. Uh, this college or rental portfolio program um, was gaining traction and we were like, all right, well, what's next? Hey, let's make a wholesale division where we teach people how to wholesale. And, um, I mean, we, we went as far as scheduling a date, renting, uh, a room at a local venue. We 
basically booked a boot camp for a product that we didn't didn't have available at the time. So, um, and and kind of what we come you know came to find out was like we're not wholesale experts and like we don't want to be wholesale experts. Um, so casting a wide net is something that um, we were trying to do, and we realized that um, it took away focus from what we're really good at, which is providing this long-term buy and hold, you know, education and solution for people to find this financial freedom in their life. I like control it. your freedom, control your free, own your freedom, yeah. own your freedom. That's the name of the book that's coming out <laughs> soon. Own your freedom. Awesome. Marty dubs, Maddie Dow. Um, Steve, you did a good job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank good you job. For having me. You look great today, brother too. Thank you. Yeah, I got dressed it. up just for the podcast. All right, cool. Dude, well, thank you guys. Right, Appreciate you. it, Matthew. Now go back to the office, get some work done. All right. Um, so that was a little bit of an insight to uh, from our CEO of our education company, Lucas. Did you know that President Biden is asking for more money to fund uh, the Ukrainian war? So um, he asked for twenty four billion more um, for the Ukraine war. We've already done seventy five billion. So that's going to come up on a hundred billion dollars for uh, seems war. like a lot. Yeah. So what do you? I did think? not know that. Honestly. Yeah, hundred billion. To, I try to stay out of the news a lot. Me too. So when. Uh, T York puts these together. I'm like, damn, like I learned a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. So, so um, yeah. Um, so anyways, how, we're just going to get into that thoughts here for a few minutes. So you said it earlier, a, I think fuck Russia. I think we're fine with that or fuck Putin. Maybe obviously there's a ton of really cool people over there in Russia, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So kind of screw him in general, what he's trying to do in the war over there. But he's uh, a bully, man, he's just like picking on people because he doesn't agree with them and because he can. Yeah. And like yeah. people, and bullies so people u.s is called the bully here and there but like we're not like invading an innocent right. country and killing their like the, there's you know we're usually trying to help somebody or liberate or this or that we don't need to go down that rabbit hole too much but definitely not just invading a country the yeah. south of us for no reason ukraine was never going to invade russia yeah we watched uh oppenheimer this last week mm -hmm. right and uh honestly from from that moment on when that when those bombs went off right we we kind of had some sort of um i don't know uh what's the word i'm thinking of Tension? responsibility okay. to this world to this to earth to kind of be that protective big brother or whatever mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's if it's right or not or, or what the right level of protectiveness is mm -hmm. uh to be to try to be peacekeeper or whatever that looks like but for for better or worse we we are that for this for this world i believe um so I guess this this is one of the ways that we're able to do that. Um, you know, I am Team Ukraine, obviously, but um, hundred billion is a lot of freaking money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. We're already shelling money out everywhere, and I guarantee that doesn't help the inflation. The more money Ukraine or give out, I mean, right. it's got to be backfilled somewhere. So, kind of some pros of it. We're just helping Ukraine defend itself in general. Like again, I think there's counteroffensive and things like that going on, but the whole goal of it is to not be taken over by Russia. So we're helping them do that. Um, it's kind of deter deterring some Russian aggression, um, and it's you know strengthening NATO because I think the whole issue of the war be at the beginning was Ukraine said they wanted to join NATO and Russia didn't want NATO that close to them, even though they already are close to them with a couple of countries over there. Um, so I, it's helping and promoting democracy and all, all these things in, against the Russian aggression, but it's costing us a lot of money, like a lot, a lot of money. And we're putting a lot of weapons and money and, and aid over there. So, um, you know, I, I guess it's probably the right move, but I, I, there are becoming more and more skeptics, I think, just because it's being so costly and costing so much money. Yeah, obviously, our 
you know, administration or, or government right now thinks that there's, we spend a hundred billion dollars and it works, it's worth it is what they think at the moment, mm -hmm. right? For, for one of these, one of these pros or there's probably some pros that we don't even know about. Right. So, um, I don't know. That'd be a tough position to be in. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that's why I'm never going to run for president. I, I think you'd be a good president. I think I'd be a great president. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, all the i'm not not old enough i need to be get my pads my pockets padded by organizations for the next 30 years and be too old to talk then i could run for that, politics. yes next 40 years yeah um so last little mystery monday um segment is was the loon main the moon landing was the <laughs> moon landing real we landed on the moon yeah no that's way. good for us that's from um, dumb and dumber what do you think we'll get into some things do you think the moon landing was real I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, um, I mean, I get all the little, you know, what, what, why, why are they saying it's some of the reasons it's not real? You want to get through those? Um, there are no stars in any of the moon landing photos uh, because they were faked in a studio. That's what <laughs> some people say. Uh, the American flag is a waving in the wind, uh, but there's obviously no wind on mm -hmm. the moon. That's one of the other reasons why people say it was fake. Uh, the shadows of the astronaut and the lunar lander are not parallel, which is impossible if they were standing on the moon. And the Soviets never admitted that Americans had landed on the moon, which they would have done if it were real. I don't know that they would have. So that there's some some holes in that. I yeah. don't know that they would have admitted it if it was real or not. I also have looked into this a little bit. The flag, it's not waving. It's just wavy. Like it has waves. It's not actively moving in any of the pictures. So it just has a wave to it. It's not like straight like a sheet of paper or cardboard. They didn't have Apple live photos. Then. They did not. Yeah. So um, so part of me, like there's, okay, it's real. The other part of me, it's so freaking weird to me that we haven't been back. And I read an interview and listened to a, a NASA scientist be like, yeah, we don't have the technology to go back. It's like, hmm. well, that was 60 years. Like, he's yeah. like, yeah, we lost the technology. So yeah, that's, that's just weird. kind of sketchy. Like, yeah. that's like where conspiracy happens is when the, the you know, the JFK, quote unquote, conspiracy, the, the guy that quote unquote shot him got shot. So like they got cover the tracks or whatever. So yeah. and, um, so anyways, I'm not, I, I would lean towards it probably being real. I used to probably be 80, 20, real, yeah. not maybe I'm 60, 40 now. I think it was probably real. I just think it's odd that we haven't been back and they're saying we can't go back. Yeah, if they were saying like, hey, there's there's no reason to go back. The risk isn't worth the return. Like there's nothing up there for us. Mm -hmm. That would be a little different. But saying we don't have the technology. That's what I what heard weird, recently, yes. What a weird answer there. But there's so many of these big life events that have happened over the course of the past 100 years, 50 years, 30 years, 20 years, whatever. But um, the ones – and everybody says – each of these events, there's a group of people that says one, it's a it's a conspiracy theory. 9-11, people say it's a of course. people say it's inside job. Yep. You, you could say JFK. Everything. Yep. Every big thing like mm -hmm. that. Um so are they all one? Are they all other? Are are some of them are there a little yeah. bit of each, right? So it's just it's just so hard mm -hmm. to understand. And I feel like that you can get in such a rabbit hole and to diving into these and probably never never find the the truth truth well yeah i i lean towards perspective and people that make rational claims are usually i think not accurate and the other thing is i just feel like this stuff would be leaked at some point people have such big freaking mouths and everybody wants to know the inside information that i feel like there'd be hard data 
that we can see that is out there that is like not like you can't argue it on the moon landing or JFK yeah. or 9-11, all those things. So it's tough for me to think that people can keep their mouth shut because in order for the moon landing to be fake, there have been hundreds of people that have been in on it. And especially nobody, now, especially nowadays. Yeah, but even back then, like back nobody, then, yeah. like they're in the studio and they have this, this, you know, huge thing and all these lighting and like there was hundreds of people doing that. That's, the, that pro- that's probably the technology they didn't have back then. Yeah, we'll <laughs> probably have a rocket in a, in a spacesuit, but to have like the the graphics in the the light yeah the, i mean yeah. they could just have like faked it there's they're saying they could have like set it up in a studio to look like it and yeah. bro- but like but imagine the studio equipment back yeah then. so that's that's where i mean so who knows so I, I i would lean towards it uh most conspiracies being false uh like almost all of it would be my leaning yeah but there's probably one or two out there that are that are real bigfoot bigfoot sasquatch Squatch. Um, awesome. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We kind of went all over the place, which is kind of how we do things. We like to have fun, keep it light. If you enjoyed it and you liked the fact that we didn't make you skip ahead to like miss ads and all that kind of stuff, um, we would appreciate you using that, that, that finger on the flywheel as well as rather than skipping ahead, use that finger to give us a share with your buddy, with your friend, um, and then give us a rating or review all those little things like that. 30 seconds that it takes you to like and and rate or share like it it makes a world of difference to us so we would appreciate if you would do that with that being said walls we will see them on the next one we will thanks for listening to today's episode we hope you got some major value from our conversation if you love what you learn make sure you like rate review the show and help us spread the word by telling a friend If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes along with all our social media handles so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message and we'll cover it in an upcoming show.